the death of Drobo, and how it relates to cloud storage. This is Mac Voices. Mac Voices is supported by Notion. Do your most efficient work with Notion projects at notion.com slash macvoices. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is Mac Voices Live. It's Tuesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, whatever time that is, wherever you are, at least in this linear timeline. Um, if you are listening to this later, then it could be any time, just about anywhere. Um, but if you are in our timeline, we'd love to have you join us here on YouTube at youtube.com slash TV. Join us in the chat room. We have a bunch of friends there already. More seem to be arriving as we go. We have a little bit lighter panel tonight. We have uh, several people on vacation and doing different things, but that doesn't mean that there's going to be any less wisdom. It's just going to be a little more densely packed tonight. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Before we go around the room and introduce uh, who's here, though, I want to make sure I do a bit of a public service announcement. Um, you heard us talk about Frank Petrie on the show. Um, Frank's still having some health problems. The good news is he is feeling better, and he is trying to get back in the game, as he as he said, as phrased it. So in the chat room um, or and in the show notes, I'm going to throw in a link to an article pardon me, that uh, Frank authored on his um, blog, ympnow.com. That's Y-M-P-N-O-W.com. And uh, doing a little bit of uh, WWDC speculation. We're going to avoid that, the the speculation part here, just because by the time this goes out on the feeds, WW will already most likely be well underway. But um, we want to make sure that we point that to you because Frank came up with some thinking that I don't think any of us have really heard of or thought about before. So ympnow.com, go check it out. And while you're there, you know, send Frank some some best wishes for his health. I, I apparently may need some best wishes for my health because my voice is giving out already. I think the uh, the allergies are getting to me. So with that, let's go around the room, find out who's here, and we'll take it from there. Um it just always seems to be it, it seems to be an event when David Ginsburg is not in the top left of my screen. <laughs> but he is tonight. So David, good to have you as always. Great to be here. Missed you last week. Glad you're feeling a little better. Uh we uh have plenty to talk about, so I think this is gonna be a good discussion. So uh but uh, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I hated to I really hated to pull the plug on it, but it just uh, I'm, I'm good, already having good. Yeah, well, and, and I'm already having a little bit of trouble with coughing here now, so I'm, I'm going to try to hit the mute switch as much as possible. But it yeah. just it just wasn't in the cards. So thank you all for understanding. No problem. Next up, um, competing for the best dressed person on the panel, Mr. Jim Ray. Jim, good to see you. I think you know maybe I should go by James tonight. James, okay, <laughs> okay. Okay, ladies okay. and gentlemen, from from ProView, uh, James, James Ray is, is joining. James us. Ray, yes. Okay, yeah, we'll just let that go. <laughs> <laughs> um, also in competition for the best dressed, uh, Ben Rathig is is making his triumphant return after his own bout of uh, of a downtime. Ben, it's great to have you back. Hope you're feeling better. It it's great to be back chuck uh it's been a while since i've not either been sick or at a film festival does one have anything to do with the other usually yes okay 
I mean, on the, the order. The, yeah. The, the con that, crud is, is a, oh, go ahead, Jim. I was going to say, you and I combined for one completely properly dressed person. It takes a village. <laughs> yes. And also someone willing to crush their windpipe. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of a village, uh, Jeff Gammon is here. I know exactly where you're going with that, Chuck. <laughs> where am I going with it, Jeff? Oh, you know. Well, actually, no, I I was thinking that it's a legitimate reference because you're about to be changing villages. So, uh, well, see, and I totally, totally misread you then because I was certain you're going right to the village idiot. No, <laughs> oh, I, no. I, I thought exactly what uh, Chuck said. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. yes, I, I am moving villages. Moving to the village of Longmont. Mm-hmm. From the village of Boulder. Yeah. Boulder ain't a village. N- no, it's an amusement park. <laughs> it's ser- <laughs> Okay, so seriously, I heard someone refer to Boulder as a theme park, and they said the reason you can tell it's a theme park, and this applies to other cities, is that you have all the people that live here, but the people that actually do all the work in the city can't afford to live here, so they have to come into the uh into the city to work so if you have a, a city where you have a population that lives but the the workforce comes to your location you don't live in a city you live in a theme park okay there you go but mm-hmm. i i have to say it is a true honor to be on the same panel as uh as james ray esquire and uh, benjamin j rethick the third uh, it's actually the only <laughs> ever. Oh, no, I, I'm including alternate uh, dimensions. That would explain a lot. Yeah. Which, yeah. So when, when you see uh, Ben, the version of Ben that has the goatee, that's the evil one. <laughs> and, and since I usually have the goatee, I'm mostly evil. <laughs> mostly evil. Okay, well, Star Trek reference. You still let me on. I Just, know. Start, start, first Star Trek reference right out of the box. I like it. I like it. Um, that's right above look, being mostly dead. <laughs> I'm feeling better. <laughs> oh, man. So let's start off with some, this is not great news. It's not, but it's also hardly unexpected um and that is that uh drobo and store centric have uh are in chapter 11 they're looking for um buyers and they don't seem to be finding any so it's pretty definite now that you know drobo is history and as someone who was a fan of drobo it it really bums me out that you know they couldn't make it work or that when store centric took it over that they didn't give it a little more focus because Actually, chapter as, seven what did I say? I'm sorry if I said chapter eleven. I did say eleven. You're right. Seven means they're done. They're yeah. officially done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, if you have a Drobo, folks, it is time to definitely move on um, because the the, the, uh, the software is not being updated. The good news is that if you buy something with bays in it, like the Drobo. Um, Synology has some, uh, OWC has some, you can repurpose those old drives. So you lose some, but you don't lose, you know, everything completely. So 
for what it's worth. The big surprise here is that to me is that people have still been using Drobo at this point. Yeah. Um, it, the writing was on the wall that Drobo was done years ago, which is sad because Drobo basically created this market and then handed it to companies like Synology. Um, so seeing Drobo dead, to me, this is the point where where there's no chance of uh, of like a lightning strike that brings it back to life. It's it's at this point it's dead and cold. Yeah. That said, hey, I've got a Drobo 5N still factory sealed in the box. If anyone's in the market looking for one, oh, you know what? I've I mean I'm still running one of the uh, I I believe it is the 5N Jeff um, on I'm hooked to a machine that is not you know, Ventura. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's the, the software is fine. It's still functioning. Uh, I've obviously I have that machine backed up very well. But as far as a network device, you know, it's it's fine. So it's one of those things that you have to you have to figure out what your use case is and how long you want to run the risk. Um, but on the other hand, if if it's not a mission critical thing and you have a, a Mac that can stay frozen in time it's still viable or, or if you have a windows machine i believe the windows software is uh, much newer than what's available for the mac mm. ah, that's a good point I, I i keep forgetting they you know they also run on windows so yeah so anyway i mean that's what man um this is really a sad day back in their heyday drobo was uh they were innovating in the mass storage space like nobody else was and it's uh i mean eventually uh got a i'm completely blanking on their synology we kind of moved in with the same kind of hybrid raid system but we were a big drobo user back in my geek beat days but just kind of after the first change in ownership things started to change and then with store centric it really went downhill mhm and it's t- it's too bad because it felt like they never i mean they never properly educated the public i mean i remember stopping by the drobo booth for the very first time at macworld mm-hmm. and mark fuccio was the one that you explained drobo to me and what it was yeah took yep, me a, yeah took me a minute to get it but once I got it, it's like, this is brilliant. And, you know, this, I mean, it's not going to completely eliminate backups, but it certainly made you feel a lot more secure. And for a while, they sponsored the show, and I was very mm-hmm. proud to boast that I have never lost anything stored on a Drobo. And I can't say, yeah. that, say that for a lot of drives. So, yep. yep. Coming off of traditional RAID formats, it was like magic. Yeah. 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 So, well, what killed Drobo was cheap storage. That mm-hmm. was one of the things that killed Drobo right there. The, the moment drives got so big that it, it no longer mattered if, and especially the way they got so cheap, it no longer mattered if you had your data on uh, multiple drives going in multiple directions. 
So carbon copy cloner and super duper and, and services like Backblaze just made the expensive Drobo equipment redundant. And you're right. It, it was a brilliant concept. You could take any size drive, as long as it was bigger than the one that you were replacing it with, and throw it in. And within 48 hours, it was like it was always there. And it was flawless, and it was it was seamless, and it just worked until it became redundant, and it don't really need it anymore. Yeah, and it yeah, never I mean, changed. I, you know, you couldn't get apps, you couldn't do yeah. a lot of the stuff that you could do with Synology, and you know, and Syn- I don't think Synology is long for this world either. Everything is kind of, for better or worse, everything seems to be kind of moving to the cloud. So yeah. Once that happens, then going out and buying 22 gig single drives is, is going to be pointless. There's really no point in it. So anyway, that's my two cents. And the commentary by Mr. Guy Searle, who has joined us. Guy, good to have you. Looking good, Guy. Thank you. Yeah, hey, you know, I would put it on the other eye, but. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you could. Well, you could, but I, I don't see it. No, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, I get that. I don't see it. Yeah, here we go. Here we go. Some things never change, guy. There's just, no, no, no. I'm the but same you know, person I'm, I always was. Never <laughs> 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 worse. <laughs> Sorry about that, everybody. Today's Mac Voices is supported by Notion. Do your most efficient work with Notion projects at notion.com/macvoices. Project management tools are supposed to help you move faster and stay organized. The funny thing is, most are so complex that you try not to use them. When you do, you're usually flipping between 50 tabs or worse, several apps just to do your job. You clearly haven't found the right tool yet. That's why, today, I'm excited to share that Notion has just launched Notion Projects, which includes new, powerful ways to manage projects and leverage the power of their built-in AI features, too. Notion Projects combines project management with your docs, knowledge base, and AI feature too, so you can stop jumping between tools and stop paying too much for them too. One workspace that includes everything you need, from brainstorming to drafting launch plans to organizing sprints and keeping everyone on deadline. And Notion can be customized to work the way you like to work, with timelines, tables, or Kanban boards. And did I mention integrated AI? Do your most efficient work with Notion projects. You can try it for free today at notion.com slash macvoices. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash macvoices. When you use my link, you're supporting my show. Go right now to notion.com slash macvoices. Thanks to Notion for supporting macvoices. I, I, I hear you, Guy, and the only thing, though, is that the, the beauty – well – Brad in the chat room made the point that um, with Synology and the other RAID drives, they have to have matched capacity. And that was one of the big you know, benefits of Drobo. You know, you had a it three, a five, a seven, and a ten, and you could stick them all in and you know, it would it would maximize the capacity and the safety. But I, I just I I still worry that people who we all have more photos now. Now the good news is if you're in the Apple ecosystem, most likely they're going up to iCloud. But we have family videos. We have all kinds of things. We have a lot of stuff that was pre-iCloud. And I still hear stories of people that 
you know, oh, I lost everything because a drive went bad. Or they, they call me or call Jeff or call Ben or call David and yep. pleading for some help. And it's like, you know, it, they're gone. And there's, there's, unless you want to go to some of the drive recovery places and pay literally thousands of dollars, then you might, might get some of them back. Well, that's, that's where something like like um, Backblaze and services like that come in come in play. Yeah. I pay ninety nine dollars a year, and every single drive that I have connected to this computer is backed up to the cloud. And I had um, actually I had a Drobo that that just went on me, and every single thing on it was lost because when a Drobo goes bad, you can't just take those drives out and put them into another Drobo. It, it doesn't work like that. So I contacted Backblaze and and they sent me, I think, two high capacity uh, thumb drives that were encrypted. So even if somebody had taken it off my doorstep or it had been interrupted or, you know, taken on shipment or whatever, they wouldn't have been able to access my data. But I had the key. uh, They sent me the key and I was able to get all my data back. And that made that made right there. That made that ninety nine dollars a year that I, I pay for Backblaze worth it. And it seems like as long as it's connected to the computer, that it's pretty much unlimited storage. Oh no, no that's not why Back Backblaze is not unlimited storage. And I love Backblaze. I've been using it for like six or seven years, but it's backup. It's not, you know. I think the reason to have a a a big drive locally is if you need bandwidth locally, you know, if you want to do video editing, you, you can't do that with a cloud. Um, yeah. You need, you need storage. Not. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, may, it's maybe coming. that will, maybe that will happen. Um, you know, I yeah. mean, look at it as, as we're sitting here streaming to the world from yeah. six yeah. different mm-hmm. locations. Yeah. Um, and final cut but, Pro just was released on the iPad. You're not going to store all of that video that you'll be able to do something with in Final Cut Pro locally. Yeah, and interestingly, a lot of of the reviews are like, one of the big problems with it is how to get the video on and off the iPad. Okay, it's also the first gen for a device like that. And it'll get better. Can you not work with the content directly on the drive with Final Cut on the iPad? Not yet. Well, I don't have it, but... You know, just based on on what I know from from editing video, um, you need you need a lot of storage and you need a lot of swap in order to manipulate video. And a lot of times, when you bring video into a project, well, that video is copied so that you're not doing anything horrible to the original source video. And so, if you have if you have video that's stored on your iPad, and let's say it's two gigs. Okay. Well, in order to do anything with it, that means now you have to dedicate four gigs to it because that file has to be copied into final cut. Plus every single time that you make cuts, every single time you make various edits, every single time you add filters, whatever it is that you're doing with that video, that file's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if, you know, if you have a, a, a five twelve gig iPad, okay, well you're, you're fine for a while, for a while. But if you're using it out in the field, you could find yourself running out of storage relatively quickly. So, 
when we can get to the point where wireless access speeds are fast enough and online storage is big enough, then all of these drives that, I mean, I've got a four bay, it's not Synology. It's just a, you know, it's a JBOD box and I've got what almost 32, 32 uh, terabytes of storage in that box. And if anything happens to it, thank God for Backblaze because then I'll be able to get all that back. But most of that storage is dedicated to doing various backups, mm-hmm. including backing up all the video that I've been making for the last 10 plus years. So what, what I'm hearing is uh, there's no reason for me to even dabble with Final Cut on the iPad since I'm u- using LumaFusion. It's currently a much more capable um, uh, video editor on the iPad. No problem. Yes. But it's also been around a lot longer. That's true. Yeah. Yep. And or I mean, being, you know, on the iPad. So just a couple things. First of all, um, I mean, media, given that, it, that the iPads, the new iPads are USB-C, that solves a lot, a lot of problems because then you can have some relatively inexpensive, fairly fast storage accessible on your iPad. But to to guy to your point, yeah, I mean, I, I, you have to buy a very large iPad in a lot of cases to have that material on there and work natively. Now I know the folks from uh, Luma, Luma Touch specifically told me that you can they can edit files off of an external USB C drive plugged into your iPad. So I, I can answer that one. On the issue of of um, remote editing yeah that's coming fast i mean there are a lot of companies that were showing at nab really last year and more this year that are developing solutions including adobe with premiere that are not necessarily they're working more with xml files as opposed to the actual video files so it's almost like working with with a database prox- yeah or proxy mm-hmm. media yeah so you know all so they're going to do the editing in the cloud the editing you, won't happen on your device you can, do the, you can do the editing on in the on the device, but then the edits travel to the cloud where it actually is. Uh, this is my understanding. I'm, somebody's going to email and say, "Oh, you've got it wrong." But you're, you're again, you're working almost with pro, with a proxy kind of media, so that you're working with where the edits would be or should be, and then the editing actually gets happens in the cloud. So you're sending the instruction rather than the than the actual manipulation. Right. Including rendering and all the rest of that. The where, right. where where it gets slowed down is when you start doing previews. When you start wanting to go, okay, I just did this thing for this video. Now I want to play it back with those things attached in it. So it has to render it wherever it is that it's being stored at and then send you back the completed file with those edits. So that's your slowdown. The actual saying, okay, we'll make a cut here and, you know, do a color correction here. And, and I want to blow that up 50% there and, and, you know, do the, all these other things that takes almost no time at all for, for your device to process because it's not really the device that that's doing the editing or that's not, it's not doing the actual, well, yeah, no, it's not. It's not actually doing the editing. It, it's sending those instructions to wherever the the video and and the the program that that's doing all of that is actually kept at. And with five G, you know, and for all of five G's issues, 
it is it is relatively fast and within the next probably less than 5 years we're going to see we're going to see double those kinds of speeds as as we move into whatever buzzwords they want to use for the next generation of of uh of online access and we're already seeing a lot of companies that are offering for better or worse uh 5G internet in the home you're seeing you're seeing commercials for it all the time and oh yeah it's it's completely overrated from you know and you're not going to get the kind of experience that uh, that John Travolta and those two guys from Scrubs is going to get because you know that, <laughs> that's, that's more Travolta? or less a, yeah <laughs> that's more or less more or less a fantasy but um, it's it's here it's here now oh and, ben, I know Ben can attest to that <laughs> yeah because I'm on it right now right. okay and there you go right there Ben is using it and uh, unless you're in in a, uh, a, a an area that has a lot of people that are accessing 5G all at the same time, your speeds are going to be in the the 25 to uh, 50 range. And that's honestly, that's good enough for almost more, more efficient. Don't, don't get me wrong. I love, I love my gig speed. I really, really do. Nah, but I do I'm too. paying for it. And for the most part, I'm honestly not seeing the benefits from it. Because there isn't really anything that I'm doing that requires gig speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I mean, to me, that's kind of the, I, I want it for some of the things I do. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I mean, you get torn. You know, it, it, it also, like you said, you're paying for it. So you got to figure out what your use case is and what yeah. you can reasonably well justify as opposed to taking the money and buying Apple stock or something. Well, and, and Chuck, well, and, and the other let's, question let's, is, let's what's the real, speed that the well, server I, at the other end is going to take? Sure, you but know, take in our supply data. I, when I do, you know, tests, I, I think it's a little pre- premature to say local drives are, you know, obsolete. Uh, you know, oh, I I mean, maybe if one of the, no, yeah, I, you. That's what you said. No, I said, I said we're we're getting to that point. And it's not going to be that long before that's going to be true. But we're not there yet. I, I think it's going to be a while. Um, and and there's two two things that I see. You know, one is, you know, you still talk about video. Like when I take take video on my drone, I take 15 minutes of video, and you know, I've got a fast internet connection. It's not gig, but it's pretty fast. And and then you know, backblaze like you know, it it chunks chumps on that for hours. Mm-hmm. to get that up into back place. Um, so, you know, that's not like, you know, where I'm going to be one of, you know, working video editing. The second thing is I am nowhere near the point where I am wanting to have the only copy, you know, not have my own local copy of things. Um, you know, I, I, I don't trust these cloud vendors to be say, you know, you know, you've got the only copy, um, uh, and I, I'm not sure in my lifetime I'm ever going to feel that I that that you know I trust them to have the only copy of things. Yeah, backups great, and 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 probably more than one of them. But the only one? No, nah, I don't think so. If it's well, three places, it doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but and, right. and also you know we're we're we grew up at a time when you had to be worried about things like that. I mean, look. If a file X that I have uploaded to Backblaze, I, there's no doubt in my mind that it doesn't exist on one server sitting one place in Backblaze. 
there's redundancy all over the place because that's what they do. So, you know, but, um, but I, I get your point, Jim, and I, I'm the same way. I'm not quite comfortable with it. So, but I'm, I'm fast getting that, getting to that comfort level. You wouldn't, there use is still, there you wouldn't use Backblaze for, for moving video back and forth anyway, because that's not what that service is meant for. Not, for, no, not that service. But, the, you know, and I don't believe they necessarily have a dedicated video service right now, but they do have other options that are not what we know of as we associate with them as uh, backup. And if you want to see more about that, then go to my NAB interview with um, with Yev Pusin of Backblaze that I just did uh, a couple of weeks ago. And he can explain, you know, what Backblaze is, where they're moving beyond just the backup service we know and love. I did want to give um, Wayne, and we'll move on from this, but Wayne in the chat room said, the cloud is fine, but just remember that you're entrusting your very personal data to someone else. I trust my current backup strategy using uh, my on-premises Synology NAS much more than a cloud provider. Very fair point, Wayne. You know, that that's something, and that's one reason that I feel good about Backblaze, because I've had incidents where I needed to get things back from Backblaze, and I got them back, and they, it works exactly as advertised. I can tell you there's one other provider out there that I had a very negative experience with and did lose data. The good news is it wasn't my data. It was the data for the company I was working for. The bad news is it was the, the data of the company I was working for. Yeah. So, and I would, you know, run from them. This Mac Voices Live panel is back next time to talk about Apple removing a whole lot of apps from the App Store for a variety of reasons. We also touch on the bias against Apple Pay by some retailers. That's next time on Mac Voices. I'm Chuck Joyner. As always, thanks for watching. Visit macvoices.com for show notes and to connect with Chuck on social media. Get involved in our Facebook group or like our Facebook page and get more out of your Apple tech with Mac Voices Magazine, free on Flipboard and on the web. And if you find value in it all, consider supporting us through either our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash macvoices or by making a one-time donation via the PayPal link on our front page and in the show notes of each episode. You will join these fine people who help bring you Mac Voices. Advertising handled by Backbeat Media at backbeatmedia.com. Bandwidth provided by Cashfly at cashfly.com.